This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I am back with you for another podcast episode. But first, how are you doing? How's it going? To those of you who are home (laughs) with kids, how you doing? I am sending you a virtual hug I am sending you a virtual vacation, whatever you need to get yourself through. So I'll tell you how it's going here, right? (laughs) Overall, it's still going fine. I know a couple weeks back I did this podcast episode about how I had the best week right when COVID happened. And, you know, I've had some tough days since then, like all of us. Um, But, you know, recently my daughter started this virtual camp offered by her school. And it goes from 9 in the morning till 12 in the afternoon. And when we got the notice that it was happening and that it was going to be virtual, I was so relieved. I was like, oh my goodness, finally, I have something to preoccupy her time. My daughter does well with like meeting new people and being on Zoom and all of that stuff. So I was really looking forward to having the downtime, <laughs> right? Just having a little bit of downtime. And it's anything but that. My goodness gracious. So the camp itself is actually run really, really well. They have large group where everybody's together. Then they have all these breakout rooms and they have art and they have Spanish and they have music and library and just literally all the things you would want your child to have as an enriching experience. But the problem is My daughter is very active. One, (laughs) she's six years old, so she likes to be up and move around. And, you know, she said one day, she was like, I wasn't listening today in camp because I was just waiting for it to be 12 (laughs) o'clock. So there are times when she needs focusing. There are times also where she wants to answer all of the questions. And there are times when she raises her hand without actually knowing the answer to the questions. So what I find is that I am spending much more time than I had anticipated just managing her, right? Just being the behavioral manager of my own child in this camp. Um, But we're having a ton of fun with it. And I just have to laugh at it now. um, Because I wasn't expecting that And life throws you things that you 
don't expect sometimes. I think all of our lives are kind of feeling that way right now with everything that is still happening with coronavirus. So I thought I would just share a little peek into how it's going at this house with kids still home. Um, all right. So today I want to talk about exacerbating issues. And even as I think about this camp story with my daughter, there are moments where I can recognize for myself how I exacerbate the issue, right? There is what's happening, but then somehow in my body and in my mind, it rises to an even higher level of not being okay. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about that phenomenon where there's something that has happened or something, some circumstance in your marriage, and then somehow it is exacerbated. And by exacerbation, really all that I'm talking about is it is heavier than it needs to be, right? It's harder than it needs to be. It's more difficult than it needs to be. It's worse than it actually needs to be, right? So I want to start talking about really just the things that are in a marriage sometimes. And I will use the term circumstance. It's part of a coaching tool that one of my mentors developed and we, we have this joke in the coaching world, like, it's just a C, right? Which means it's just a circumstance. It's just a thing that happened and that's it, right? So circumstances in your marriage are maybe your husband doesn't follow through on something you asked him to do, right? Maybe you asked him to run an errand or you asked him to do something around the house and you may have had a specific timeline that you expected or even a specific time frame that he agreed to and then that time frame comes and goes and the thing is not done that's a circumstance he did not follow through on what you both expected him to do other circumstances he doesn't offer to help with the kids i think a lot of us might be experiencing that circumstance right now. So what it looks like is maybe the kids wake up at the crack of dawn still and they come into the room. You both are still sleeping. He doesn't get up. You get up. That's a circumstance, right? I've just identified the facts of what happened. The kids wake up early. They come into the room. You get up. He stays asleep. That's a circumstance. Or maybe other circumstance, he doesn't initiate sex, right? He doesn't, you know, say that he wants to have sex. He doesn't make moves to initiate, right? He doesn't, you know, I don't have to say the rest, right? Like he doesn't do those things <laughs> to initiate physical intimacy. Or another thing that I know is common for a lot of wives is he doesn't talk to you about decisions before he makes them. He sort of just makes a decision, acts upon it, and doesn't have a conversation with you either before, during, and sometimes even after. That's a circumstance. Or one that actually happened even 
here this week was he says no to your child about something you would say yes to. The child wants to play with something or the child wants to eat something. He says no, you would have said yes. Or maybe you actually did already tell the child yes. So these circumstances, right, you you may notice that I've boiled them down to just the facts, right? He didn't do something he said. He didn't have a conversation with you. He didn't ask, do you need help, right? Those are just literally the basic facts of what happened. And because they are things, because they are circumstances, they do carry energetic weight because it's something that exists in the dynamic, in the relationship between you and your husband. They're just there. It happened. He said it. He did it. He didn't do it. Whatever the case may be. Now, here's where the exacerbation happens. You ready? You make it mean something. Most of the time, you make it mean something that is painful or frustrating to you, right? So we are constantly making meaning of things. Our brains categorize and organize things in a way so that they make sense to us, so that we can draw conclusions. But a lot of times in marriage, when things happen, when circumstances take place, we layer on context and meaning that's super heavy. And we do that based on our experiences, past experiences we've had in life in general, past experiences we've had in the marriage specifically. We do it based on our perceptions and our mindset about things. We do it based on assumptions we make and beliefs that we hold, right? So what that looks like in a practical way is maybe your husband doesn't ask you, hey, do you want me to get up with the kids or offer, hey, I'm going to get up with the kids today. When he doesn't do that, again, just the circumstance, just the fact, what happens is we, right, I'll include myself in this, we make that mean he doesn't care. We make that mean that he's just leaving everything for you to do. We make it mean that he's lazy. We make it mean that he is, you know, having some luxury sleep in experience that we just don't get to do because we have small children. So just the simple fact that he didn't ask or he didn't get up with the kids, we layer on so much more to that. Oh, he's not a good team player. Oh, he's not as responsible as I am. And that's heavy, right? Other examples, the not initiating sex, right? When he doesn't initiate sex, which is just the circumstance, we make it mean he doesn't desire me. He doesn't find me attractive. He must be getting it somewhere else. He doesn't want our marriage to thrive, right? We just make up so many things about what it means. Other examples, when he doesn't talk to you about something before he makes a decision. He doesn't value my opinion. He's selfish. He only considers what he wants. He doesn't think about the impact of his decisions on our family. Heavy, 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 right? So this is the exact pathway that we take to exacerbate issues, meaning we make a circumstance worse than maybe it really is. And when we do this, when we assign meaning to something that makes us feel bad or makes us feel angry, we react. 
right? When we have these intense emotions, we react to that. We say things that maybe are not loving or kind. We say things that are accusatory. We blame him, right? All because of what's going on in our head about the situation. It's sort of like all of the emotion that we have added to the situation, we now need to get it out of our bodies. So we say things in not nice ways. We, you know, incite arguments or we're confrontational, right? The emotions most of the time that are driving us in these situations where we've exacerbated an issue, they include feeling rejected, feeling disrespected or undervalued. We feel something is unjust, that it's just not fair, or we feel hurt, right? It's sort of unhealed hurt. And when we are driven by these emotions, we have these tense conversations, or our energy is not welcoming. Our energy is of being hurt and feeling rejected and feeling frustrated. And so whenever that is our emotional state, whether we're saying something or we're just being a certain way, it drives a wedge in the connection. It creates distance. It feels uncomfortable to be around each other. So he may keep his distance, you may keep your distance, And the more and more those things are happening, the farther and farther apart you are as a couple and the more disconnected you are and the more room you have to create more exacerbated issues. It's just a cycle that feeds upon itself time and time again. So what do we do about it? You know I'm going to offer you some way of thinking about it differently, right? So I like to ask questions of my brain. I am a coach. That is my job, is to ask questions of brains. So really, I don't think I've ever said it that way, but I like it. I ask questions of brains because here's what I think we need to realize. Our thoughts are not actually who we are. Our brain is just churning out sentences and we believe those sentences without questioning them because we actually think that's who we are. And it's just not true, right? Like, the true essence of who we are. We're made in the image of God. And so we are spirit, we are truth, we are love and compassion and kindness. And so anytime our brain is turning out beliefs and thoughts and making us feel a certain way that doesn't align with those qualities and characteristics of Christ, it's not really who we are. But because we are all also intellectual beings, we can actually talk back to our brains. We can talk back to our thoughts and see things in a completely different way. And that's why I like asking questions of brains. So I want you now to just find a circumstance in your own marriage, find a situation, find a conversation, find an incident that you can see how it feels heavy, right? Like it's something that feels heavy to you. Like you've layered on your own perception, your own assumptions, your own, you know, experiences to this. And it feels heavy. Either you're sad about it, you're angry about it, you're frustrated about it, whatever the case may be. Bring that to your mind right now. Bring that to your brain (laughs) and bring your brain to this meeting with me right now. Okay. So what are you making it mean? That's the first question. So there's the thing that happened, right? Like a bullet point of the bare facts. He said this, he did this, 
he did not do this. He did not say that. Usually those are the only things that are happening in a marriage. One of the four. What are you making it mean? Because he did this, I make it mean what? Because he didn't do this, I make it mean what? Fill in the sentence for yourself, right? Usually it's, I make it mean he doesn't care. I make it mean he doesn't love me. I make it mean he's not putting forth of an effort. I make it mean that he's selfish. Now I want you to take that part of your sentence and ask this question. Is it really true? Is it really true that he doesn't care? Is it really true that he's not putting forth an effort? Is it really true that he doesn't love you? Is it really true that he's selfish all of the time? Now, a lot of times our brains will want to say, yeah, it is true. Yep, for sure, right? And here's what I want you to think about. Like, how would you know that it is true? Like, how do you actually know if he cares? Now, unless you're a brain surgeon, you can't actually be in his mind and know his thoughts. You can't be in his heart and know his feelings. And so a lot of the things that we're making it mean, we have absolutely no way to know for sure that that is really what's happening. Even if he tells you sometimes, like even if he's like, yeah, I'm just not attracted to you. Even if he tells you that because I'm a coach and because I analyze brains, there's a part of that that may not even be true. It's just not even in his own awareness right? But I don't want to go off on that tangent right now. What I want you to focus on is how would you actually know that the meaning you've given this circumstance is actually true? And the answer is you don't, okay? I say that with love, but you don't. You don't know. You don't know. We never know, okay? Now, here's where it gets good. I want you to think about what else could it mean? What else could it mean? Like, if it's not 100% true that he doesn't care, if it's not 100% true that he doesn't value your opinion, what else could it mean, right? Like, I'll give you the example here. You know, my daughter wanted to, sometimes she likes to, like, have a picnic in the family room and, like, put on her blanket and, like, eat her lunch on the floor. Now, my husband has a strong aversion to any type of mess, any type of crumbs anywhere. He just doesn't like it. He likes food to be eaten at the kitchen table. And I respect that that is his preference, right? It's not my preference, but it's his preference. So she wanted to do that. And he said, no, I had already sort of given her permission, but then he walked in. She wasn't fully set up yet, but he said no. And immediately I made that mean he is being mean for no reason. Look at him so mean. (laughs) Me, a coach. Yes, those are the thoughts I had about my own real husband. And then I found myself feeling frustrated and angry. But here's what I did. And if you're on my email list, you probably got an email already describing this experience for me and how I resolved it. But I knew enough to not believe my brain, right? I knew enough to say, well, what if this isn't true? Like, what if he's not actually mean? Like, what if this is you, Siobhan, projecting something onto him that you need to investigate? And that's exactly what I did. And I felt a thousand times better. I knew exactly why I had that reaction. I moved on. We had no argument. We went on to have a beautiful, beautiful day together. So what else could it mean, right? Even in my example, like if he's saying no to something that I would have said yes to, like, what else could I make it mean? It doesn't mean that he's a mean person. It could just mean he doesn't want crumbs on the floor, right? Like, why does that make him a mean person? Why does my brain go to judge him in that way? So for you, 
what else could it mean? What else could it mean that he didn't seek your opinion? What else could it mean that he didn't get up when the kids woke up this morning? There's a thousand other options for you to choose. What if one of those things, right, was actually the truth? So what if the fact that he didn't get up, right? What if he was exhausted? What if he was planning on giving the kids a bath later in the night? And so he felt like, hey, I'm going to do my part later. What if he was up really late? Whatever the case may be, there's so many other reasons besides the fact he doesn't care and besides the fact that he's lazy, okay? And here's something that is often really helpful for me as well, to think about a time where you maybe did something similar. Was there any time where maybe you didn't talk to him about a decision you were making? Was there a time where maybe he was doing something with the kids and you didn't offer to help? Was there a time when you didn't initiate sex or if he initiated it, right? Like you weren't enthusiastic about it. None of us are perfect. We all do things that can be off-putting to the other. But a lot of times what happens is we overestimate the impact of our husband's mistakes and we underestimate the impact of ours. And so look at yourself here, right? Like where's a time where maybe you did something similar or maybe you did something that could be perceived by him in a negative way, even if your intentions were good. And then the other thing I really like to ask is like, what's really going on with me? Like, what is this really about for me? that I'm making this pretty innocuous thing mean something so horrible about this person that I say that I love. That's exactly what I had to uncover with the situation where my husband wouldn't let my daughter have a a snack on the floor. What is that about, Siobhan, right? And I found the answer. So it's really, really important that you have this conversation with your own mind. Otherwise, you will be in reactionary mode and you will be reacting out of these negative emotions. So when you can do that, though, you take the edge off of a situation. You lower the temperature of it. And it's not as much of a big deal. And so when you can do that, then you can approach a conversation, if a conversation is actually necessary, with more calmness, with more of a balanced perspective, with more curiosity and leading with giving him the benefit of the doubt. It takes the heaviness off of the situation and it leaves room for you guys to still be connected. And I know that when we talk about loving your marriage again, when we talk about creating uh, an experience together that feels fun and enjoyable and it's easy and not so heavy and hard all the time, this is part of the mindset work that will enable you to do that. This is the stuff that you can do inside your own head to not create an argument, to not create distance between you two. And it's so worth doing. It's so worth doing. So some of you have listened to this and you're like, man, I might need Dr. Siobhan to talk to my brain more. My brain is wreaking havoc on me. It's wreaking havoc on my family. It's wreaking havoc on my marriage, especially now, right? We are under a lot more stress than ever before. I think there is no better time to get help from a coach doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean that you don't have the capacity 
to figure these things out on your own, but there is nothing more beneficial than having someone come with an objective perspective to help grow your thinking so that you experience less stress less frustration and less aggravation right now. I want you to just think if like 50% of the things you are worried about, angry about, stressed out about, if we could just get inside your mind and make some shifts in how you see the situation, how you view the situation, just imagine what that opens you up to experience instead. It's sort of like the stress And the frustration and the aggravation you have right now is blocking you from ease, from peace, from relaxation. And you deserve that for yourself, right? As women, as mothers, we are always pouring out to other people. Who is pouring into you? Who is the mentor? Who is the coach that is always there for you for your highest and greatest good? If you don't have a person, I can be that person for you. And so I encourage you to reach out. We can have a full one hour conversation. It's a complimentary call where I just hear, I give you my undivided attention. I listen to everything that's going on in your brain. I help you make sense of it. I help you see it in a different light. I help you create more effective and better solutions that work for you. There's no downside to getting on this call with me. So if you are interested in having a coach, if you want to explore me being your coach, definitely, definitely reach out. You can find the link to work with me on my website. It is drshavon.com, D-R-C-H-A-V-O-N-N-E.com forward slash work with me. You'll see the drop down link as soon as you're on there. All right. So I hope you have an incredible week. I'm looking forward to this last week of camp with my daughter for sure. And be well, be well, my friend. I'll be back with you next week. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.